We own and operate residential assisted living homes for seniors, usually housing somewhere between six and 16 residents in a home. And they're cash flowing on the low end 10 grand a month. This is solving so many problems I'm having right now because I can't cash flow. This gives me a way to do it. Yep. I can buy real estate even with higher rates and it's okay. Yep. It helps people. Yep. And what else do I need to do? People are looking at trends and saying, oh my God, look what's coming. The baby boomers have always been setting the trends since they've been around. Whatever they do, whatever they need, that's where the money is. So follow the money. They're going to need home care and assistance. Right now, the silent generation is who lives in assisted living. There's 44 million of them and there's 76 million baby boomers. So we're about to double the amount of people who need care and assistance and we're currently 1.3 million beds short. This is a massive opportunity. What do I need to know? I mean, I got a bunch of real estate. What do I need to do? What's up, Wealth Builders? Today, I've actually got an expert on a real estate investing strategy that I have no experience in, so I'm excited to pick her brain on, and that is the assisted living space. I've got Isabel Guarino here, and she's trained thousands of students on how to do this, and she has her own assisted living facilities, so I'm excited to learn all of the secrets today. What's up? How are you doing? Good to see you. Happy to You're be almost here. as bright as me. I know. Look at us. I should I, I should have worn orange. I know. <laughs> well, you know, most people thought my hair was red. Okay. And I was like, it's orange, but it's starting to fade into the orange. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. it looks orange today. All right. Perfect. Are you always bright too? I'm usually always bright. Okay. Like yeah. red is red your color or you have other things? Oh, I, I go the whole rainbow. Pink. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. I do the whole thing. I respect that. Yeah. Anybody that is loud. I respect. Yeah, I like the bright vibe, you know, because when you're in a room, uh, these masterminds, everyone's in blue, black, oh, white. Yeah. And when you're the one with the crazy hair, yeah. when you're the one in the red jumpsuit, yeah, everyone people comes see. to talk to you. <laughs> well, I still like wear the normal colors of clothes yeah, for the most hair. part. Yeah, I think I'd be too over the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you've got the hair. It's, it's the talking yeah, factor. You for know? sure. So assisted living. Tell, tell me about like what you got going on right now. Yeah. So we own and operate residential assisted living homes for seniors okay. and we teach others how to do that as well. So they're single family homes, usually housing somewhere between six and 16 residents in a home, Okay. 24 hour care, medication management, three meals a day. Um, and they're cash flowing on the low end, 10 grand a month. So that's what we that's do. That's net profit. That's, that's take home. Yep. For you as the owner operator. Wow. Yeah. That's better than Airbnb. Yes. <laughs> and uh, in my opinion, there's a whole lot more longevity in it, right? Yeah, because like Airbnb, it's like, you know, look, Airbnb is still fine. You know, right. people say, oh, it's saturated and all this crap. And I'm like, I don't know. We got a lot of students doing great. Yeah. Um, people have been saying the flipping market is saturated for you. It's like, no, we still get deals. Yep. Like, yep. So I don't believe that. But what I do know is for the most part, an Airbnb ain't going to net $10,000 a month. No. So... This is a very interesting thing that yeah. I've had lots of friends do it. Yeah. And I've just been like, all right, whatever. And they're like, yeah, dude, I mean, we're making really good money <laughs> and we're helping people. Yeah. So it's the best of both worlds. Yeah. Let, let's take a step back. Okay. Um, I want to hear how you even got to this point and then yeah. we'll go into the details of how an assisted living uh, I guess home works. works. Yeah. Yeah. So we really fell into this because my grandmother needed care. 
she fell and broke her hip and the doctor's like, she can't go home alone. And as a family, we're like, okay, there's only so many options, right? We put her into a facility. Somebody quits their job and takes care of her full time. Like, what do we do? Um, and she was living in upstate New York at the time. And we were in Arizona, but we searched and searched for her in New York. And I couldn't find a place I'd want to leave my goldfish, let alone my grandma. <laughs> they were terrible. Um, and so we were like, hey, Arizona's got a lot of old people. Let's go back there, see if there's better options. We yeah. kind of stumbled into residential assisted living, realized real quick, wait, we're going to be paying five grand a month for her to live in one, or we could own it, cash flow 10, she can live for free. And, you know, sh this is awesome, right? How did you realize it was going to like, be such a good business. I mean, once you saw the numbers, it's it's like it's just so simple. It's like, okay, wait, there's 10 people here, everyone's paying five grand. What? They all pay five grand a month. Yeah. At national average is forty five hundred. So in Arizona, five is not uncommon. Here in Vegas, five, six is very, very common. So they're somebody's grandma is paying five grand a month to yeah. go live in one of these houses with yeah. 10 other people. So that yeah. that operators make a 50 G's a month. And gross. Gross. Yeah. Wow. How do how do people afford five grand a month? That's crazy. If you think about how much it costs you to live though, your food, your your housing, right? Your fun activities, insurance, all this good stuff, right? Plus now you have a private chef, someone wiping your bum, showering you, folding your clothes, making your bed, cleaning your house. So they get full service, food, everything. Yeah. Yeah, 24-7 care medication management is a four-to-one ratio, so four seniors to one caregiver in these homes, right, Got versus it. a big box facility, a Brookdale, a Sunrise. They have 20 to one. Got it. So the care ratio is significantly better, and it costs basically the so same. So the 20 to one would just be your typical retirement home. Is a that... typical Brookdale, yep. A typical commercial facility that's yeah. doing senior housing, yep. Got it. So- you started looking and you saw just like normal people like yourself hosting these? Yeah. About 80% of the industry is run by immigrants, actually. A really? lot of Filipinos, a lot of Romanians. Oh, I don't know why I don't have one then. I'm Filipino. <laughs> You're missing out. <laughs> if all the Filipinos are doing it, yeah. what am I doing? They're they're keeping the secret from you, bro. They I don't are. know. <laughs> well, most of them are nurses. Yeah. So... Is that why they do it? Is I think that it goes hand in hand with that. I yeah. also think that honestly, people from other countries have a lot more respect for the elderly. Got it. And I think that it plays into just who they naturally are as amazing human beings. They come over and they're like, hey, why are they just throwing away these people when we could give them quality care, right? And and have this beautiful business care for them towards the end of life and cash flow. It makes a lot of sense. I also think like, I guess, I mean, being a Filipino and being around different cultures, like immigrants really kind of like to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh, you're making money over here. Like, let's, let's do that all too. Do it. Yeah, yep. let's all do it. Yep. You know, um, you know, it's like if you're a Filipino, it's like, oh, yeah, she's a nurse. My aunt's a nurse. My uncle, like, I guess I'll be a nurse. Yep. They do kind of all f fall into that category we find often, especially when they're coming over actually from, you know, home countries. Then it's like, oh, someone, my friend, my aunt, my sister does. She's yeah. a masseuse. Okay, exactly. we're all going to be masseuse. We'll be masseuse. You know? she's, she's doing good. She's, <laughs> yep. the, she's the golden child. <laughs> yep. So it, it does happen like that often. So yeah, hopefully all the Filipinos who follow me don't want to be nerd. Well, being a nurse is a great, like they're needed. Yeah. Hopefully I'm inspiring Filipinos to be entrepreneurs and real yeah, estate investors. There you go. That's the goal. This could be the perfect marriage of both their nursing this could. degree. <laughs> Actually, this is the thing. Yeah. I need to be the face of assisted living. There you go. I love it. So, okay. 
you how did you even find them? Like where, where would somebody even advertise this? So the smaller homes do not have obviously as big of marketing budget. There's no big sign out front. You're not seeing a commercial on TV. So you work with what's called a placement agent, basically okay. a realtor for senior housing. You say the amenities you're looking for, the price point, the location, and they will tour you a couple homes. And then you choose which one they get paid a fee. And the person How much do gets they make usually a half of the first month's rent. Half of the first month's rent for so five thousand they'd make twenty five hundred for placing that person in your home. And the home Pays person it. would pay them. Yep. Right? Not the senior or the family. Yeah. And where do you find these people? Do do they do they get licensed? Like how does that not work? Not licensed. They are just starting just their own businesses. People. Yeah, you can like Google They're it. not like realtors who have to go through all that stuff. No, 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 no. Sounds better than being a realtor. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of money in it and you're really helping people and you get to know all these care homes in the area. So you know who's good, who's bad, you know, who you would want to. Yeah. If I already knew all the homes in Vegas, like it's basically, it kind of reminds me of what realtors used to be like. 20 years ago mm. before Zillow and all this, like where it's a like part of the community. Well, yeah. Like, and like, if you don't know, there's yeah. no way to look where like, you only know if you're the realtor and you have driving the, around, you knew the listings, yep. you whatever. Yeah. So it's a little different like that. Obviously some people have Facebook presence and online, you know, to be, to be fundable, you gotta be findable. So they have websites and all sorts of stuff like that, but a lot of them are mom and pop style. So, so you would just Google like Las Vegas assisted living. And then like these, what are they called? A residential assisted livings. Yep. And then yep. they'd pop up. Yep. Cool. Yeah. So these agents, you know, help people like your grandma find yeah. a spot. Yeah. And you tour some and you're like, all right, this one looks great. Yeah. Then you sign the contract. Sign the contract, the residency agreement. It's not a tenant landlord agreement. So it's not a lease. It's Do not they a sign lease. like a year thing? Like no, because they could pass tomorrow. Ah. I mean, you, the average stays two and a half years, but you don't know how long, right? That's the average. So someone and could like, be- And like, literally, it's just, that. that's how they just die. They're going to heaven or heaven. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it works like that, but they're-, they're uh, In my homes, they're all going to heaven or heaven. <laughs> there we go. So, but yeah, I guess, yeah, you're just kind of- <laughs> You're just, you sign a life de lifetime deal. Yeah. That's what it would be. Yep. The only reason that they'd be leaving your home other than passing on is because they need nursing care. Mm. They literally need doctors, gurneys, IVs, right? They need medical attention. So then they go to a skilled nursing facility or they call it a sniff in the industry. How would this be different than like a hospice? So hospice is an amazing uh, thing that can happen when you're older, right? Hospice, the doctor deems, hey, you're on your last leg of life, basically, and it's free to the family and they have someone come over and help you one-on-one -on -one with your care needs. If you're living in an assisted living home and you are on hospice, the hospice person comes to the care home. So it's a great feature and amenity and they give you one-on-one -on -one care until you know, the end of life. Some people that's months. We had a woman on hospice for seven years. Whoa. It doesn't always mean it's happening tomorrow. Right. So a doctor prescribes hospice. Is that how it works? Yes. Usually it's like, okay, this is towards the end. If you'd like to go home or back to your care home or whatever, instead of sitting here in the hospital, racking up the bill, you can right. go back there and we'll send this person to care for you. Entrepreneurs, if you want to grow your business, there is no better investment than your own personal brand. The smartest thing I ever did 
was start creating content and investing into my brand. Ever since then, we've been able to triple our business. I've been able to raise more money than ever to continue buying more real estate. And it's all because I create content just like this. Now, a lot of people have asked me, Ryan, how am I supposed to do it? I don't know where to start. I don't know who's going to edit it. I don't know even what kind of setup or camera or anything to do. Well, here's the thing. We can help you with all of that at Pineda Media. We have a podcast checklist that you can actually get for free at PinedaMedia.com that's going to go over everything you need on starting a podcast. But to make matters even better, we'll actually edit your podcast for you. We'll repurpose it into short form clips like you see on my Instagram and my TikTok so that people will start seeing those clips and watching your podcast and in turn being customers or investors in your business. So if you want the one-stop solution where you can get everything done for you, plus get the education you need to grow your personal brand, then you need to go to PinedaMedia.com and book a free call with our team. You can also go get that free podcast checklist and that training program absolutely free by just going there. So go check it out. Okay, so you're saying assisted living, though, does not have IVs and all of that. Non-medical. We can so pass what do they pills, get? right? Three meals a day, medication management. They need help with usually three to five ADLs, activities of daily living. So getting up, brushing your hair, brushing your teeth, wiping your bum, showering, eating, taking pills, all those different things. They have activities within the home. Like what do they do in the home? Oh, we do senior yoga. We do pet <laughs> therapy. We do all sorts of fun stuff. They have is there movie night? Movie night. Yeah. They, they love karaoke. You know, especially really? if you have Filipino caregivers. You yeah. know, they want to do karaoke nights. Wow. So um, all sorts they of play fun music. Stuff. Lots of music. All sorts of fun stuff. We'll do painting, gardening. We even have. What about pickleball? Oh, uh, they're not that active, yeah. right? If you need help getting up out of bed, pickleball used to be an old people sport. Now you know it's more like... independent living. Yeah. Like like where they can still move and groove. Yeah. Not necessarily. Do they play assisted. cards or board games? Cards or and board games, read, puzzles, Chess. paint, you know, all sorts of fun stuff. So they'll do lots of activities, but really it's just a place because they can no longer live alone. It's not safe for them to live alone. Got and now they have friends. And now they have friends and they can age gracefully with dignity with a good, you know, quality of care ratio and all so that. So do you good think stuff. this is a better option for them than like these? Like you said, commercial facilities that might have more amenities and Mm. stuff, but like, I guess it's less um, personal. Yeah. Hands down. Like I have heard so many horror stories about the big facilities, whether your grandparent was double diapered, whether they fell and no one found them for eight hours, Wow, you know, army crawling to because their help I fall button, you know, the battery's out army crawling to go get their cell phone just to call to say, come help me, you know, terrible, terrible things. And it's all because not, not because those caregivers are bad and ours are good. The lack of there's just too many, there's too many, there's too many. And so they're not set up for success there. And it sucks, but the, giving those caregivers a job to come work with us where they get paid the same, yeah, but get to hang out at a mansion all day and, and take care of less people. Oh my God. They're ecstatic. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So, okay. You get into it. Um, and we were already jumping in how it works. I can't help but know. You're fine. Um, but so y- you get open to this, this concept from yeah. your grandma. How do you end up getting your first and how did you go through that process? So my dad had been a real estate investor for 40 years. And when he saw this opportunity, he was like, actually, instead of like talking to the owner about, hey, I want to move my mom in. He's like, hey, I want to buy this. Are you considering selling? And she was actually 
thinking about selling. Perfect timing, right? And so he purchased the real estate in the business having no idea what he was going to do. What did he buy it for? You remember? um, Okay, the real estate had to be... This is in Phoenix, right? This is in Phoenix, and it was like 10 years ago. Okay. So that home is about 3,500 square feet. It's 10 bedroom, 10 bath. But I think at the time, the real estate was like 550, and the business was like 150. Oh, because you... Okay, they're two separate things. Two separate things. That house is probably worth... What one point five? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's crazy that it's thirty five hundred square feet and ten bedrooms. Like, how much modification yes. happened to do that? That was an existing business, so we bought it up and running. So there's four ways you can buy land, custom build, single family home, convert, buy an existing one, or lease a home to use for this. Yeah. So it just depends, but I say three hundred to five hundred square feet per resident is very comfortable. So with ten residents, minimum three thousand up. But they all five. have their own bedroom. If they can, you want as many private bedrooms and bathrooms as you can. But people can room up too. You can. And you'll just probably charge less. You charge less. It's a good spend down option. So when someone runs out of money, they don't just stop paying. Usually the family comes to you and says, we're starting to run out of money. We thought she was going to live for a year and it's been two and a half. And, <laughs> you know, we, we're paying six grand a month. What do we do? And then you say, okay, we've got a shared bedroom for 4,500 a month. Got it. And then the family's happy. They get to stay in the same, you know, environment and it works. Got it. But you don't want all shared bedrooms. No, no. But I'm just saying, like, even from a as a house flipper, I'm like, man, our 3,500 square foot homes usually are like a four bedroom. I know. And you got to. So I'm like, man, where are they? You still want like living room, dining room, kitchen, like all the regular things. You're just chopping it up differently. Like 10 by 10 rooms are OK, but 12 by 12 is better. 14 by 14. You're cutting better. the master into two rooms. You're. Yeah, I get it. Yep. Just okay. chopping it up differently, maybe using the garage, maybe building out the garage. Yeah. You know, different, different ways. Okay. So you try and I mean, just the key here is, I mean, obviously you want some common area, but yeah. you're making everything bedroom. You want to, you want as many bedrooms as you can. Do they need a closet? They do need a closet, but they're, but not a big one. Not yeah. like yours or mine is probably yeah. right. Just a small little closet and they're not hanging a lot. My of wife's stuff. closet is an entire room. So is mine. There you go. <laughs> I literally, I have a five bedroom house and one of the bedrooms is my closet. Yeah. It's so much fun. So no, it's mostly like shelving. Like, cause a lot of their clothes are folded at that time. Right. You know, they're in cozies. They're in like little sweatsuits. They're chilling. Yeah. So, okay. Your dad buys this property. Yeah. Then he buys the business with it. Yeah. And the business was already netting how much, like when he bought it. That home nets us 10 grand a month. So he basically got his return in the first month. Right away. Or the first year, I mean. First year, first year. Yeah. Yeah. So it was very, it it was a great investment right there. And that lady, um, there's a whole story with her, but she basically just needed to get out of that deal. She's super successful now and owns a bunch of them. But that specific one, it wasn't working for her. So he kind of got a good deal on it. Um, Got in, it was already running, you know, made some adjustments. Yeah. But really that business, we still have it to this day. And mm. since then, since he realized, oh my God, this is really good, yeah. he ended up buying two more single family homes, converting them to become. And throughout this process, I started being like, what are you doing? Like, what's going on? And just kind of learning from him, sneaking in the office, being listening to phone calls, trying to figure out what he was doing, became his assistant. Um, and then a few years later, his COO. And um, yeah, those three homes have been rocking and rolling ever since. So you became a COO and what was your job? 
Well, we run a bunch of other businesses. And so I was his COO for those homes, uh, or not, I'm sorry, those businesses, but I still helped him oversee his homes. But I'm the COO of the Impact Housing group of companies. So we have Recovery Housing Academy, National Convention, Recover. I'm uh, Residential Assisted Living Association, Residential Assisted Living Academy, and then Pitchmaster Academy. So we have like five different businesses, primarily teaching people about residential assisted living and how to get it up and running. Got it. Okay. So, you know, you're you're learning kind of under your dad as this goes, this is 10 years ago. Yeah. And then, you know, you guys start transitioning to education and all these other things. Um what are you seeing? Okay. So actually let's just take this one step at a time. So first thing is you can either buy one existing like you did, mm-hmm. um, or you convert. Yeah. Right. I mean, most people probably starting out aren't going to do a ground up development, right. right? Wealth builders. If you are trying to grow your real estate investing business, then you need to join us at wealthy investor. You have no idea what wealthy investor is. It is our coaching program and community. We have helped thousands of students worldwide grow their business. Now, it doesn't matter if you're just getting started and you're trying to get that first deal. We can help you do that. If you're trying to scale your business and go from a few deals a year to a few deals a month or even seven figures a year, we can help you do that too. In fact, last year alone, we had over 30 students do over a million dollars in revenue. And I'd love for you to be the next one. So it's pretty simple. If you're trying to grow your business and wholesale more homes or flip more homes or buy more rental properties, then you need to go to wealthyinvestor.com and book a free call with our team. It's super simple. We'll go on a strategy call with you and figure out how we can help you grow according to your needs. So All you got to do is go to wealthyinvestor.com, book the free call with the team, and we'll see you there. So what what do I need to know? I mean, I got a bunch of real estate. Yeah. What do I need to do? Demographics is the first key. So you want to be where there's majority 50 to 70-year-old population who make twice the median income who are usually homeowners. Where they live, eat, work, sleep, play is where you want the home to be. So Vegas would be fine. I would, <laughs> yes. I mean, I don't know what Vegas's uh, age demo is, but you already told me they get good. Yes, you, <laughs> you'll you'll be fine here. There's plenty of homes here, and you have a lot of that population here. Okay. I don't know about the twice the median income here. I don't. Right. There's going to be pockets of Vegas that would be the right fit. Got it. Okay. But not everywhere. But you can do that on a quick demographic search online and then find out where those pockets are. So once you know the area that you want to be, right, you need to find out how many other homes are there. Kind of the McDonald's method. If there's a brand new big box being built, put your put yours right at their doorstep, right? <laughs> because you want to be as close to them as possible. Yeah. They've done the demographic research to determine that it's a good place to put that home there. Yeah. They've already investing a ton of money. Exactly. Yeah. So with that being said, um, okay, I pick my demographic. Yeah. Like, you mentioned mansions. Like, how big of a spot do I need? I mean, with 10 residents, 300 to 500 square feet per person, minimum 3,000, upwards of 5,000 is very comfortable. As many private bedrooms and bathrooms as you can per person. So our homes in Phoenix, we are allowed to have 10 residents. And we have 
One home is a 9-7, the other one's a 10-10, the other one's an 11-9. They didn't start that way, right? Yeah, yeah. We converted them to become that way. Um, but they're nice homes in upscale areas. That's and so many bathrooms. In. It's a lot of bathrooms. So, I mean, your biggest expense is going to be the renovation. The right? renovation um, and then carrying costs to get you up and running. You're not going to be full day one. No. Right? No. So you have to make sure you have money set aside for marketing and to carry you through, right? It'd be funny, like getting the appraisal of a 10 bedroom. They're like, what the heck is going on? It's, here? it is funny. And people always say that, well, how am I ever going to sell this? And I'm like, well, hopefully you're never selling it as regular real estate again. Hopefully you're selling it as a business, right? And the real estate. And then that way you're making money off of this thing that you put a ton of effort and energy yeah, into, right? right? You shouldn't ever be just selling it back as a regular home. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that anyone would want it as a regular home at that point. I <laughs> Probably mean, not. And, you know, you've built out this assisted living, so hopefully- It's worth something. Yeah, like you can sell the business. Exactly. Um, That makes sense. So I guess what are like the rules and regulations? Because like, can I just freaking go convert a home right now and roll? Kind of, right? There, Every state has different rules and regulations, but physically in the home to get it licensed and approved, it needs to be senior safe. So ramps, guardrails, handrails, it doesn't have to be ADA compliant, but you want it as close to that as possible. That's going to be the safest setup for your seniors. Wide hallways and doorways, making sure that they can roll around and not bang their knuckles on every you know hallway. Can you have a two-story home? You can. You have to add a chairlift or an elevator. Got it. Yeah. So doing those modifications are going to help you get the license for the physical home and then setting up the home. You're going to want to furnish a couple of the bedrooms before people move in because they're not going to bring a full bedroom set. They might bring one item and then you, you know, move that to the next room and just kind of furnish slowly. But I would imagine it's very similar to an Airbnb. Very similar. Very similar. And then obviously you're hiring. Your licensed administrator is kind of equivalent to a property manager in real estate world, right? So they're running your marketing, your tours, your payroll, your hiring, firing, scheduling, everything. Got it. Okay. So to recap, I identify a piece of property that has these demographics. I freaking get 10 bedrooms, <laughs> eight, eight bathrooms, nine bathrooms. Mm-hmm. I then... Apply for a license, yeah, which isn't that hard to get. No, nope. how long does it take? Usually three to four months here in Vegas. Some states are up to six months. And in our training, we always show like tricks to get it done faster. Okay, so I go and get my license. Yep, and then you know I'm advertising. Yep, marketing to marketing fill it. To yeah, fill it up, and I get it filled up. Yep, and oh well, no, I guess I don't market yet. I got to hire this person. So you what's this marketing. person called? Always, always market. (laughs) We know that. Yes. But so this person, who's this person I'm hiring? The licensed administrator. The licensed administrator. Mm -hmm. And so they have, what license do they have? Every state, it's a little bit different, but it's basically assisted living administrator license, for lack of a better word. There's literally 22 different names for assisted living across the country. What are some of the names? Some states call it board and care, personal care home, assisted living facility, residential assisted living facility. California's RCFE, residential care for the elderly. Why does every state have its own name? Yeah. I Do know. not know. But so it's always called something funky. So that's why I just use like generic terms. So the licensed administrator is that first key hire. 
you're marketing all the while, that ki- that administrator is going to help you hire your licensed caregivers who are going to be working day to day with the seniors so that you just own the real estate, own the business, can be hands off. How much would that person cost? The administrator? Yeah. They usually full time for them is managing two to four homes and they're usually about five grand a month. So this person's making five grand a month and then they're like your property manager. Pretty much. And then you have the actual caregivers and they should be able to hire them. Yep. And then the caregivers make what? About a dollar or two above minimum wage. So whatever minimum wage is in your area, about a dollar or two more. That's all they make. It's crazy. But you have to think someone who's going to sign up to do this job, even though they could get paid the same at Chick-fil-A, they have a totally different heart. Like they're in this because they love seniors and Uh they wouldn't go work at Chick-fil-A. Like they want to do this, but it's a tough job and they do not get paid enough in my opinion. So if you could pay them two to $3 more, do it. You know, you Mm. have, you have the profit margin to make it work. So. Wow. So what, and what's their job? It's called caregiver. Yep. So direct care to the residents in some homes, they're in charge of the cooking and cleaning as well. Um, but in other homes, more high end homes, you'll have a private chef. So they would just do cleaning and caring for the seniors. So these caregivers are making, I'm just running the math in my head. They're making like 10 bucks an hour, right? Around Depending that. on your market. Yeah. Yep. And they work eight hour days, nine hour days. Like Usually eight, 10 or 12 hour shifts. Okay. Depends on your market. So they're they're making a hundred bucks a day. Yep. You got, you said two or three of them. Yep. Like a four to one ratio or five to one ratio. So if you had 10 residents, two in the day, maybe one at night. So two in the day, one at night. So you're spending about 300 bucks a day on these people. And then you've got 30 days in a month. So that's 9,000 bucks a month on them. Then you got the chef. Yeah. Few thousand bucks. Oh, it's like minimum wage for them too. You'd be shocked at how many people watch Food Network. I'm and, thinking of a high end chef because I have then, a I have a private chef. You have chef. a chef, I know. Yeah, no, like, that's not what they have. No, <laughs> no. Like, think about not. think about like a person who literally okay. watch Food Network all day. Then they went to culinary school. They got out, and guess what jobs are available? Applebee's, busboy, Chili's, busboy, yeah. and they're like, "Are you kidding me? You go offer them a job to work and be able Make to their cook." Own thing. Yep. They and it's usually like a five to noon type of thing, and then they'll go work at somewhere else later so so it's it's not as expensive as you may think so they're like another 50 bucks a day yep and then but you got to buy all the food yep yep so expenses should run around 30 grand a month not including the house right not including the mortgage mortgage, but your staffing your cable electric activities right if you have a chef property uh insurance all sorts of different stuff about 30 a month on an average home Yeah. yeah all the utilities all that stuff yeah yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So you're spending about 30 grand a month on everything. Yep. And once you get a tenant in, I mean, like, you should be pretty good for a while until they die. Two and a half years is the average stay. So, yes. Okay. Not a lot of turnover for the residents. How's like the wear and tear on the property? Oh, I love that question because I always tell my landlords, like, if you're used to, you know, teenagers punching holes in the wall and pit bulls being bred in the living room, this could not be more different. Yeah. Because the caregivers who are awake at night, if no seniors are up, they're cleaning. So this home is kept clean and spick and span literally all the time. Plus the seniors aren't running around like kids making a mess. They're chilling. They're chilling. They're like sitting and they need help to get up and go to their room. It's they're not like, are they allowed to have pets? 
Mo- you know, this is the thing. It's your business. You could do yeah. whatever you want. If you want Dr. Doolittle's home of assisted living, you yeah. can do it. But for me, we say no pets. Got because it. if you can't bend over to pick up your own situation. Yeah, why, how are you going to have a pet? How are you going to pick up your dogs? Now my caregivers are doing it. So we, we Maybe do Maybe they a, can have a goldfish. They can definitely have things that live in water and have fins. And we do a lot of pet therapy. So we bring in pets, <laughs> bunnies, kitty cats. Oh, the pet therapies for them. For them. Yeah. Like mini horses, whatever We're they bring want. bringing the zoo today. Bring the zoo. <laughs> wow. What about, so, okay, I understand the home. Yeah. Uh, do they, they don't need a pool, do they? They don't need a pool because they're not really active. But if the home has a pool, you may just want to leave it for eye candy for, for, we call her daughter, Judy, right? The adult child who usually pays for mom or dad's care. When she walks into the home, like, this is great. She's like, wow, mom can go swimming. And it's like, mom hasn't swam in 15 years. Like yeah. she, like you want to swim daughter, Judy, mom's yeah. not swimming, yep. but it's good eye candy for her. Do they care about the backyard size? Because I know in Vegas, our yards aren't very big. They don't necessarily care, but you want something there. You yeah. want like a walking path, a garden, a grotto, a fountain, a something that they can do in the backyard. What about like neighbors and stuff? Mm. How do they react? Because neighbors don't like Airbnbs. NIMBY, you know, not in my backyard syndrome, right? They Neighbors never want you to do anything, I feel yeah. like. So, no, there's a lot of retaliation against angry neighbors and HOAs and whoever it may be. But because yeah. of the Federal Fair Housing Act, it's actually discriminatory against disabled persons to say that you can't have a home in a neighborhood for seniors. Oh. At this point, they're considered disabled. They literally need help to get up. Yep. You know what I mean? So they're considered disabled. They're a protected class. And if we can't live here, then this is a federal violation. So is it illegal for HOAs to prevent this? Correct. So we uh, that's why we created the RAL National Association to represent all 30,000 of these care homes legally because there was no association, no backing, no power for us. So people would just try to shut you down and you didn't know any better. You'd be like, okay, now we have a whole legal team there to help back you up if you run into that issue. And they'll fight the Federal Fair Housing Act all day. Do you think it's worth like though buying in an HOA and-, and- if you can avoid it, avoid it. Yeah. Like Why ask with for that a problem? Crap? You know, yeah. like just avoid it. Yeah. But not all HOAs are created equal. Some right. cost a thousand bucks a month and some cost 50 bucks a month, yeah. you know? So it just depends what you're, what, what you're looking at there. Right. That makes sense. So there's not really any legs for HOAs to stand on mm-hmm. and the city's just going to approve it anywhere. There's not like, cause like here in Vegas, Airbnb is basically illegal mm-hmm. and it's like Henderson did a thing where, you know, you had to claim your spot. And if you didn't get your first spot in, you know, the, the lottery, yeah. you can't really ever get a spot. Yeah. It's not like that. Um, there are rules, distance rules. So, uh, every city and state has different rules on distance for some States. It may say you can't have an assisted living home within 300, you know, feet of another assisted living home, which Vegas, could, or Henderson was a thousand. There you go. So they can have a distance rule. Yeah. Right. And that's fine. That, that is a legitimate rule that they can have. Right. But they can't like, as long as you are fall in all the regulations, you should be fine. But to me, that's not that crazy. You find all the other care homes, you pick one. That's not 
Is there something online that's showing them? Like, how would you know? We created a map that has all 30,000 of them. It's called the RAL Home Locator uh, map, and it's online, and you can search all 30,000 of them. But if not, you would have to go to your state DHS website, so Nevada DHS, pull up all of the care homes, and then separate them what by- What is DHS? Department of Health and Services or something like okay, that. Okay, got so it. So go to your state website. They'll have a sheet. Most states are not in Excel form, so good luck with- that. Um, but that's why we created that map so that we can have all of them in one area. Got it. And then I just have to look up what Vegas's rules are. Exactly. Your your codes and covenants, your rules and regs are going to be on that DHS website. It's like a big Bible, right? That has all the rules and you just follow along with the rules. And the good thing is your state, my state, Arizona, we have rules. These exist. There's 3,000 of them in Maricopa County alone. Mm. Right. So it's insane how many there are in Arizona. Um, and then just in the U.S., some states are really lacking. Right. Right now, the silent generation is who lives in assisted living. There's 44 million of them and there's 76 million baby boomers. So we're about to double the amount of people who need care and assistance. And we're currently 1.3 million beds short. Mm. This is a massive opportunity that I feel like people are sleeping on because let's be real. It's not very sexy, right? Yeah. It, it, it's not like, uh, well, it, there's definitely, and there's definitely like a lot of headache to getting it started too. I mean, it's yep. not like an Airbnb, like an Airbnb is easy to convert into. Yep. It's like, all right, well, let's just furnish it Yep. and we'll roll. But this is like, well, we're going to have to License. get a very specific kind of house, Yep. caregivers, you know, they're, I mean, you're running a business, you're running a business. And it's, I, I say that there's a lot of roadblocks in this. There's a lot of speed bumps. There are things to be learned because this isn't the easiest venture. If you're looking for easy or get rich quick overnight, this is not that at all. Got it. There's okay. money to be made. The risk is high. The, the reward reason is I high. like it. And I, you know, going into this interview, I didn't like plan to like, want to be like, yeah, let's do this. Um, <laughs> But what I will say is I've been struggling to buy rental properties because of higher rates. Mm. And so like, you know, majority of what we do is in Vegas on yeah. the single family side. And so I'm like, all right, well, we get all these deals on single family mm -hmm. and I would love to keep some of them, but you pencil out the numbers after the refinance, you're going to lose money every month. Yep. And, you know, Airbnb doesn't really work. And so you're like, man, dude, I guess I just kind of got to not buy them and I'll just keep flipping and it's fine. We'll make money. Yep. But, you know, obviously we know that owning long-term assets is going to make you a lot of money. Yep. So I'm like, okay, this is an interesting thing because it, for me, it kills two birds with one stone. If I'm going to buy a luxury home mm -hmm. and I can get a discount, like good, I'm owning a luxury home now. Yep. That's awesome. Um, you know, obviously I got to like make it way different yes. than what a luxury home would traditionally want. Yes. So that's an issue. Um, but overall, okay, it gets done. It's up and running. Once one's done, I mean, now I've built out a team that can handle Bingo. a bunch of them. Bingo. We always talk about having a three packet, three homes within 20 to 40 minutes of each other because you can share your staff. You can yeah. share your resources. Exactly. 
And that's well, everything in Vegas it. is 30 minutes from each other. There you go. <laughs> so like it, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> yep. There you go. That's perfect then. But three of them and our homes, we have what we call a level three, a level four and a level five. So level three is right about average rates, a little bit above level four is a bit nicer. And level five is like the tippy top nicest type yeah. of home you can get. The rates are different. So when someone tours maybe the high end home and they can't afford it, then we say, we've got options for you. Yeah. Come check out these other ones. You know, we actually did get an assisted living deal um, maybe like a month ago. My yeah. COO texted me. He's like, do you want this? And I was like, I don't even know what I'm looking at. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to deal with it. Send it to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I might buy it now. Yes, I yes, kind of yes. understand now. Yeah. So if it, if they already going to come with the business built in and if they're legit, then yes. maybe I can take that staff and and make it happen. Exactly. Yeah, this is a quick way to get into it. Yes. The biggest thing, honestly, the biggest tip I can give anybody starting in this is systems, especially yeah. if you want to be more hands off. I mean, that's with every form of real estate, but systems, 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 because if you don't want to be there every day, which I don't, I'm not at my homes. I literally go to them every other month and then spend five hours a week on them. But I got to that point because of systems. Right. Setting everything. Are all yours in Phoenix? All of them are in Phoenix, Scottsdale area. Got yep. It, got yep. It. And then we invest in other people's across the country because obviously I'm teaching so many people that sometimes yeah. they come with good deals. I'm like, yeah, like see. I'm, I'm interested. <laughs> I mean, I do that with my students now. Yeah, I you mean, never know. Sometimes they get good stuff. <laughs> oh yeah. A wealthy investor. I mean, we've um, done some apartment deals together. We've done some flips together. Yeah. So it's been great. Good. Um, so, okay. I'm definitely gonna look at that deal. Remind me that Austin. So I, I don't forget. <laughs> um, I might have an assisted living by the time this podcast goes out. There we Who go. <laughs> uh, because I, I'm definitely sold. And look, I, th what I do like about it, some people probably like have given up now because mm -hmm. up to this point, we're like hyping it up and we're like, oh yeah, you know, yes. and then you're like, but yeah, you know, X, Y, Z, this is, you know, it's still hard. It takes work. Yeah. Yep. And I actually like that because when something is hard, people don't want to do it. Correct. And so <laughs> Airbnb is pretty easy, easy. Yeah, for yeah. the most part. Like to me, I've said this, like Airbnb, in my opinion, is the easiest way to get into real estate. Yeah. Um, flipping a house is not easy. Yep. Wholesaling is, is easy on the surface, yep. but you know, you got to get a good deal. Right. With Airbnb, you can go sublease something and you're freaking running. Literally. This is not easy either. No, it's not. There's a lot of steps involved and it's people's lives at stake. Yeah. So you want to make sure your heart's in the right place too and that you are going to be you know, caring about this investment and you're not just there to make money, right? You can make money a million different ways. And if that's your goal in life, then it's like, go do something else. You have, we, we say do good, do well. Yeah. You have to have that balance. Yeah. You know, it can't just be about making money. You have to actually care about the people in the home, your staff, who's going to be running it and make sure that you're going to run a good business. Yeah. How much does it matter to, cause like, now we're talking about luxury homes, right? Yeah. And so luxury varies. But, you know, here in Vegas, let's just say I go get a 4,000 square foot home in a pretty good area. Uh, maybe it costs me like seven, 800 grand. Okay. And then I can go into like a guard gated neighborhood that's super nice and it's going to cost me 1.2 to 1.5, whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. My guess is the cheap one's going to be the better option. More people will be able to afford to stay in there. So, and I don't think I'm going to get a premium. 
you would get more because the nicer the home is, the better part of but town it's in. Well, let's just say they're both like fully renovated and super nice, though. Yeah. It's just one's in an area that costs twice as much. You have to think that people who are living there pay those type of prices. Yeah. So they're willing to pay more. That daughter, Judy, you yeah. know, lives there. So if it's in that level five area, you can get more, but there is a limit. So like what, where would, what would my ceiling be here in Vegas? So Let's in say Vegas, I'm in a really good area. National average is $4,500 a yeah. month per person. Vegas average is right along with that. So if you were to have like a level three home, it'd be between rates of 4,500 to six grand a month. Okay. Level four, which is, I feel like what you're describing over here is probably like six to eight a month and level five in the really, really nice area, eight to 10 a month. Really? Mm-hmm. So you will get a premium. Yes. Um, I guess just there's less demand though. Less demand. It's it's harder to fill, harder to market, and you're going to have to have more things, more amenities, more features. Definitely that chef, right? Definitely activities <laughs> I'm a, I'm every day. <laughs> and you know, you probably are going to have a higher level of care too. Correct. You know, you're not like at the minimum wage level at that point. You you may want to be paying your caregivers more. Also with rates like that, to need if you need memory care, it's an additional thousand to fifteen hundred dollars per month. So memory care, memory care. So if you have dementia, Alzheimer's and you're losing your memory and you need to be in a memory care licensed facility, it costs more. Ah. Your caregivers are paid a bit more and the physical requirements on the home are a little bit more different locks and different doors and things like that. Got it. Okay. Um, we've, we've talked about it a couple, but marketing. Mm-hmm. How do you market this thing? Yep. So you can work with placement agents. We talked about that. Oh, that's easy. Yeah. But you're also going to want your regular presence, a website, a Facebook page, a this, a that. It's also all about relationships. So if I'm going to start it, I should be like, well, I'm not going to call it Pineda's Assisted <laughs> Living, but let's do whatever, right? Yes. So I want to start Pineda's Assisted Living, yeah. have a website. And then as I accumulate more properties had them all on there, right? They should, you could brand them that way, but you need to start or not you, maybe your administrator, right? But needs to start networking with other people in the industry, elder law attorneys, long-term care insurance agents. Because they're going to push them there hospice agencies, adult daycares, right? Um, All sorts of different people who are going to be helpful to fill your home. Um, You're going to need to make those relationships and tell people you exist, come on over. Here's how I look at it from my point of view is I see no reason not to do this as long as I already have like the right operator. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I, one, publicly don't need to market it. Like it's just, it's an investment for me. Yeah. Two, it helps a lot of people and it serves yeah. a need yeah. in an industry that's growing. Yeah. Three, I now have something to do with my deals that, you know, are these million dollar deals. Yeah. Because, you know, flipping a luxury home is very risky. Yeah. But if I know I'm going to hold on to this for a long time, I mean, buying, I love buying those properties because they give me big tax write offs. And yep. I've been trying to think, how can I buy more of these? Yeah. And so this fits the bill a lot. I'm actually like very excited talking to you about it because I'm like, okay, I can do that. As long as I get a good deal, I can refinance. And I am scared of the refinance though on a 10 bedroom home. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> I, I, I wonder, I'm just like, huh, I wonder what the bank is going to think. <laughs> You'd have to probably explain to them what you're doing. You know yeah. what I mean? Because you have built value on the business side of it. And on the real estate side of it, if it is a nice home and you've set it up nicely, it shouldn't be like weirdly chopped up, you know, and they might yeah. be okay with it. Well, and it's like, 
obviously you can reconvert it yes. at the end of the day. You could, and you can turn it into any other type of group home. You could turn it into a clean and sober home, a recovery home. A... Yeah, let's talk about those. Yeah. So I've heard about those. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you if they're, you'd call it a halfway house or depends like, on what type of home it is. But keep yeah. going. Tell me. <laughs> okay. So like, what is the difference? I mean, I I kind of know what the difference is, but like, I guess um, how they get paid for and stuff like that. Ah, uh, okay. So it dep- it really really depends on those homes. So in our seniors' homes, right, mostly it's private pay. If you have long term care insurance, amazing. That will cover your care needs. But if not, it's private pay. So your how cap- often? Like, what's the ratio? Would you guess is insurance versus just private? Ten percent of Americans have long term care insurance. So ninety percent of people are paying this six grand out of pocket or they're living in government funded homes using Medicare, Medicaid, getting quality care. That's about $1,800 a month. So right. Wait, 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 step. So you're saying that if you can't afford private pay, then you're living in a government funded assisted living home that the government will pay $1,800 for each of our heads, right. To go for our care needs at this time. So whatever $1,800 can afford you, is what you'll get. What are you getting at? Like, let's say I, I'm not saying I want to, but okay, I want to go and do a government one. How's that work? You're not going to make any money, okay. right? You're probably going to be bleeding money. I never suggest that people do that. You sh- you'll probably have to work in the home, live in the home, care for all the seniors yourself. You're going to be feeding them rice and beans and hot dogs. It's going to be a the, bleak and the, bad situation. Yeah. All shared rooms. The benefit, right? not the benefit, but I guess the the reason someone would do this is because they don't have to market or anything. It's just like, this is the home. You still have to market. I thought the government's going to place them there. No, it's just the government pays for it. So when oh. they come to you and say, I can't pay for it. Why would anyone do this? They just don't know any better. Yes. Got it. Yeah. That's like, do not do that. But there are mm. big facilities that do that too. And if that's you, easier for them. Yeah. Because they it's, they can make it profitable. They have a big numbers. So yeah. how I'm saying twenty to one, they they might do fifty to one in On a government funded home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just depends. But in uh in like a recovery home, if you are like justice involved, like you're out of prison and you need to go live in a recovery home, right? Yeah. The government will pay for you to go live in a recovery home um, to give you some time to get on your feet, right? So now you can go hold down apartment on your own. You need to prove that, hey, I could stay here. I could pay this, I could whatever. They get drug tested and all that stuff, right? Yeah, they should. I mean, if you're running it properly, then you should. But that's like what a halfway house is. Yeah, it's giving them time and opportunity to get back on their feet so that they can go out and hopefully live. So a what would the life. government pay for that? It could be anywhere from 500 to $800 a week per person. A week per person. And those okay. homes are very different, right? You are not in luxury areas. You don't want to be in the worst areas because you don't want to put them back in an area that yeah, yeah. damaged them to begin with. Temptation. You want middle area, right? But you usually, you do not want private bedrooms. They, they should not be alone. You yeah. should have two to four in each bedroom. Uh, so you could just have a normal house. You could have a normal house. You don't even need like a mansion. It's you could just have like- a four bedroom house, four people in each room, 16 people. They're coming and going. You have to think some are working night shifts, some are doing day yeah. things. So it's just a place for them to be able to hold something down so they can go out and change their life. After. You know what? This just reminded me, funny story, not funny, but it just is what it was. I, um, I got my career started flipping couches. Mm-hmm. So yes. <laughs> before I was flipping houses, I was flipping couches. And so I picked up couches and I delivered couches 
literally over a thousand times. Yeah. And I remember actually going into one of those homes. Yeah. You're describing, and I was delivering a couch because they needed a couch, and like it was just a normal home in like a whatever area. Yeah. And they had built all these walls to like have all, the, and I remember walking through like, what the heck is this place? Yeah. He's like, yeah, you know, we rent it out every week to people, and I just like didn't even get into it. I was just like, whatever, <laughs> whatever. I was like, who would live here? But like, whatever, and. What you're describing is exactly what that was. Yeah. So there's a big need for that too. And I always tell people like, find out where your heart is, where your heart lies, you know? Yeah. And your heart's got to be in it to do this business. A hundred percent. Whether yeah. it's seniors, whether it's recovery housing, whether it's developmentally disabled uh, kids turned adults, right? When, there's a lot of types of group homes you could do. So let's talk about that. How do, how does it work with that? I wish that I had cracked the code on that because okay. because we're so niche on senior housing, we have people who come from all other categories and say, no one else teaches on this. At least if I learn what you know, maybe I can go start this yeah. type of home. Their kid is autistic and they're nervous that what happens when they're 45 and I'm gone yeah. and who's going to care for them? Yeah. The government does also pay for them but it's probably 1200 bucks a month Got and it. it's rough and same thing. It's shared situations and it's not good. So I, the people I do know who are in that industry, it's all nonprofit work. They've got somebody out there, boots on the ground, raising capital to put them in a nicer situation. Yeah. And I want to crack the code on that because I want to be able to teach and train people how to do that, um, how to do any type of housing that makes an impact and changes people's lives. Yeah. I'll tell you like, so my son has special needs mm -hmm. and so, and he's young, but, um, that's something like I think a lot about because yeah. I know what it's like to be a parent, um, and all the things you've got to do. And so I've always thought, I'm like, man, you know, we have so many resources and things like, so, you know, like for us, it's not as big of a problem as it would be for somebody else. Yeah. And I'm like, man, what the heck? do these other parents do? It's crazy. It's scary. And it's sad because they're so nervous because a lot of times, you know, depending on your son's level of need, right? Yeah. They may live with you until literally you're gone, you know? And then it's like, okay, what happens next? Yeah. If none of your other kids are going to take care of him, yeah. where does he go? You know? Yeah. And it's very scary. So I know it's a huge need. I do want to crack that code. So if anybody listening knows yeah. more info, let us know. Yeah. I would love to know. Um, because like you said, even on the nonprofit side, yeah. um, it's something obviously close to home for me. Yep. Um, okay. So you can have, I guess, um, transitionary homes, yeah. you can have senior homes, yeah. homes for kids. Um, I guess the foster system is kind of like that, but totally different. It's, you know what uh, a group that some people like to focus on is foster kids who've aged out of the system. Okay. Just because you turn 18, now you're kicked out of the system, but you might not be ready for real life. Yeah. Where are you going to go? And now that foster family, they may be like, we're not getting paid anymore. And you're, you're out. You're out. And that sucks. And when you talk to um or see statistics, I guess I should say, of homeless kids, yeah. Almost all of them are aged out of the foster system. Wow. That's crazy. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to do and they have nowhere to go. And it's like terrible. So having a home for them, amazing. But these like foster parents don't even get paid anything, barely. Barely. But yeah. a lot of times it's like when the money stops, I'm not saying that about all foster parents. Yeah, yeah. Some are so amazing, right? Yeah. But sometimes it can be yeah, yeah. once it's done, it's done. And right. 
Good or luck. they got another kid coming in. or Right. And you, you just never know. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Man, this whole world, and obviously I'm not like super exposed to it, but this whole world of like people who need homes. Yeah. Um, I haven't really like thought about. Yeah. But like you just described, you know, basically four different sets of people that, yeah, like what do they do? Right. <laughs> that's the question. Right. And it's pretty crazy when you think about just our economy right now, right? Uh, most, a lot of normal people aren't even going to ever be able to afford a home. Right. Like we have a, a crisis for normal people. Yeah. I mean, like alone. imagine a normal person, I mean, who, <laughs> who spends, you know, like 6,000 a month. Like that's a very, that's a lot of money. Yes. Yes. So this is, we already have a crisis for, for, for them, but all of these other underserved populations also need housing and opportunity. And all, I mean, your heart can be so big and want to serve everybody. I sometimes have to be like narrow, 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 you know, like focus, right? Yeah. And just focus on, you know, senior housing's our thing. This is what we do. This is the population I can serve and I can impact, but I want, it, I, I get it, in touch with yeah. them. And it, it also, for sure, seems like at least the most lucrative as an investor. Of all of the types of group homes, by far. Got it. So group home would just be described as all those different classes you said. Correct. It's any type of shared housing, right? A group who is, sh even student housing could be considered a group home. Right. Right? Shared housing that's not a family living in a home. For whatever reason, they're all living together. It could be Golden Girls style. It could be battered women it could be um yeah. lgbtqia kids who were kicked out of the home you know like it could be a million different groups of people and that's where you can go you crazy specialize in your niche you, you got to find your niche i and just only go. do this 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 <laughs> this if you fit this category this is your home we got you <laughs> that's funny yeah it only people tough. who wear bright clothes and dye their hair <laughs> there you go you might be able to do it we could do it so Okay. All that makes sense. What, are there any other pitfalls or things that people need to know about? I think in any form of real estate investing, the biggest thing to remember is you have to have grit, especially with assisted living. There's going to be neighbors who tell you no, government who tells you you can't do this here. There's going to be this, that, regulations, staffing issues, all these things that come up and you have to be willing to get hit in the face, get back up and do it again. Yeah. And I think that's true in all forms of real estate, but especially assisted living. And if you're willing to jump through those hoops, the reward is so great. Yeah. Your most successful students and everyone, like what is it that they have in common beyond the grit? Like, mm. are they just starting to scale? And so they already have a team in place. So each one becomes easier. That's in my mind how it should work. It definitely becomes easier the more that you have. And I would say that that's usually what I say is our number one trait that they have because we have successful students who are 22 and who are 72. Right. And sometimes it's hard to be like, okay, wh what do you all have in common, you know? And so I always say grit, but I will say it's systems. Systems are everything. When people say, oh, I'll go into this industry and I'll start as the administrator or I'm going to have it five minutes down the road from my home. You're going to be tempted to swing by, yeah. go by every day. If you do not set up systems and set yourself up to be more hands off, yeah. right? You won't, you won't get there. It's so hard to work yourself out of that job. Mm -hmm. So I know there'll be people in, in the comments who are like, no, this is way more work. And it's because they went about it in the oh, way well, of being I mean, hands on. 
a wealthy investor, we, we tell all the students the same thing, right? It's like, look, you could go fix the house up yourself. Yeah. You could go do whatever. It will be as much work as you want it to be. Yep. <laughs> you know? Pay for speed. <laughs> yeah. And like, so no, I, I totally agree. And so it's just like, you got to run the numbers and the math. And if the math checks out, you know, if the do math the deal. is mathing. Yeah. Do the deal. But, you know, even after doing the deal, there's still, you have to execute. So the math actually does what it's supposed to do. Yes. Um, yes. And by the way, so for anyone listening, we're going to link to um, Isabel's coaching program down below. So you guys can definitely look into it. And um, you guys have helped a lot of people. How many students have you guys had over the years? 10 years in business. I think we've had over 8,000 students now with our online and in-person courses. Yeah. So we'll so. link, we'll, we'll link to that down below. Um, I guess my question too, is like, looking at the future of the industry, right? Yeah. You guys have started a an association yeah. um, to help protect because you guys were unrepresented. Literally. Um, and, you know, like we talked about, the baby boomers are coming. Mm-hmm. So there's, uh, there's a shortfall, yeah. right? And so if there's a shortfall, either prices are going up yep. or, you know, it's going to get filled and prices will kind of remain the same. Right. So what, what's your prediction on how all this plays out? The price of care has gone up 79% over the last 10 years. And with us doubling the amount of people who are about to need care and the lack of beds right now and what we call the silver tsunami coming, I see this next 20 years being huge for this industry and people starting to realize, oh my God, this is a massive crisis. I had no idea how much this costs. What am I going to do? I mean, most people are doing, you know, two two people working in the family these days, Yeah, right? There is a lot of times not a wife staying home, taking care of the kids who then, okay, a loved one falls sick. Now they can take care of them. A lot of times the wife is now working too. Yeah, yeah. So who's going to quit their job and take care of yep. them full time? So people are not my, my prepared. Wife, my wife's a stay at home and we have a nanny too. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. I watch her with the kids and we got a third on the way and I'm like, this is a lot of work. When are you due? I'm pregnant right now. Oh, uh, uh, my wife is due in September. So by the time this awesome. launches, I should probably have a kid. I love it. Another one. Congratulations. Yeah. When are you due? <laughs> December. December. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And it's your first? My first. What are you going to do? Oh, like, my God. I don't know, Ryan. <laughs> how has it been running a business being pregnant? You know, that's so funny. I was just talking to Brian about that. And he's like, are you tired all the time? And yeah. I was like, I'm tired. Last year, I traveled 33 weeks out of the year. Whoa. Yeah. I speak on this all across the country, literally on stages everywhere. And I love what I do. And I love traveling. I was a flight attendant before I did this. Oh, and okay. So, so, so it's fun for me. It's fun for me. But I'm like, that's obviously going to slow down a bit because, you know, they kind of require me to live to an extent. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it's just, you know, life is going to change and I'm going to take it one step at a time. But I'm blessed that most of the businesses are extremely hands-off for me right now. Everything is set up so well with systems to the point that, you know, I have an idea and I have teams that can just bring it to fruition. And I'm very, very blessed to have that. Yeah. That's amazing. Do you see yourself ever settling down and not being in business, like going full mom? Or what do you think? I don't, I don't know. I think I'd be bored. Yeah. I love kids. I love kids and I want to spend as much time with them as I can, but I work from home. So I think I'm going to, uh, right now we plan to have a in-home nanny. Yep. Right. And so I'm going to be able to see them 
you know, in between meetings, in between calls and, and run over and say hi as much as I want and need right now. So, but I don't know if I see myself slowing down. My um, dad who used to run the business passed in 2021. Mm. And so I moved from his integrator for eight years to the visionary over yeah. the last couple of years and running everything behind the scenes to being front and center. And that was a huge shift. Yeah. How's that? Like very few integrators who are really good make good visionaries. Oh, it's so rare. Like Gary Harper was like, this is like yeah. pretty much impossible, right? But I tested higher as a visionary than an integrator always. Um, and so I just think when I worked with him, I suppressed a little bit of that in me because I loved his vision so much yeah. that I could get on board with it. Yeah. But so you know, like different. And it can definitely work because uh, for instance, Brian, who you mentioned earlier, is definitely a visionary too. We both yeah. are. Yet, you know, I brought him on board to Wealthy Investor and, you know, he's been great. Yeah. He's able to execute the vision. But he also has the freedom to cast his vision too. Yes. So we had a good working relationship like that. And I'm I'm honored to be able to carry on his legacy and keep this moving forward. And if I didn't do it, then I don't know where we'd be. You know, I don't know what would be happening. So. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you got so many people that, like who else is going to tell people about this? I, I I mean, there's other people, right? Competitors popping up every day. Yeah, yeah. And I love it. I'm like imitation. I believe imitation is a form of flattery. Yeah. I will believe that till the day I die or else I'll drive it, myself crazy thinking. <laughs> anytime <laughs> someone dyes their hair, they're copying. They're me. copying. You know? yep, yep. I'm the first guy ever to dye my hair. <laughs> but I think it's, it's they're saying, hey, I like yeah. it. I want to do it too, right? Yep, yep. And so when people come up and they're training on it, I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah. No one can take away that we've been in the biz for 10 years. No one can take away how many people we've trained, how many success stories we have that were basically the first, the best and the biggest. Yep. And we've created the systems that they're now using. Yep. No one can take that away from us. And so everybody train as much as you want. We need more people how, in this industry. How long was this industry in play? I mean, your dad got into it 10 years ago. But it was long before. Yeah. Like how long has it been around? I mean, as far as I know, forever. Right. Like I literally, we know people who've like, I, Oh, I've owned homes since the eighties and I'm like, wow. awesome. So you, there's been, cause people it's been doing pop, like, it's become like, I've heard it yep. like in the last call it three years. I've yep. really heard it. Like the drum yep. picking up. Yep. Is have you noticed that hundred percent? Because I think that the silver tsunami is starting to, to crest, yeah. right? We're starting to see people are looking at trends and saying, Oh my God, look what's coming. Like, if you want to talk about like having a crystal ball to see the future, like what should I invest in, right? The baby boomers have always been setting the trends since they've been around. Really? Whatever, okay. th whatever they do, whatever they need, that's where the money is. So follow the money. They're going to need home care and assistance. Even if you don't own an assisted living home, invest in diapers, yeah. invest in medical beds, invest in pharmacies. I don't know. Think about what seniors are going to need. And that's where you should be investing because it's like this is happening right in front of our eyes. Yeah. And I always say that with real estate as a whole. Like uh, the, the the reason I'm so like now I'm pretty excited. I'm going to go have a, a meeting with my team after this. <laughs> um, but the reason I'm excited is because it is just it's a it's a merger of real estate investing and business. Yep. Which are the two things I'm best at. Yep. And, you know, I think about. uh you know, what businesses do I like? So like, actually, let's take a step back. Why do I like real estate investing? Well, one, I mean, it's it's just what's made me who I am today. Yeah. Number one. But two, 
real estate ain't going anywhere. Nope. And we have a massive shortage of real estate, to yep. your point, right? Like, people think price are going to go down because rate is like, no. Like, there's just, there's not enough sh- supply. Like, yeah. they're not going down. I don't, I don't care what anyone says. And the fact that, you know, half the population is locked into a low interest rate right now, they ain't selling. Nope. So now it becomes, all right, well, if that's the case, what now? And it's like, all right, well, real estate, I want to buy more of it. Now you're saying, okay, well, if we know Airbnb is kind of what it is, Mm. if not going to be more restrictive Mm -hmm. as time goes on, like who knows how Airbnb keeps playing out. But to me, Airbnb, the industry has has matured. Yeah. Like it's kind of like at its whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Assisted living has not matured. No, we're not there yet. No, and it's like, this is still like, I got on Airbnb about six years ago. Yeah. When it was not matured. Yeah. And like people were like, dude, it's kind of weird like staying at somebody's house. And I was like, I think it's freaking cool. And I, I was like, I'm going to make a ton of money doing this. And yeah. like I did. Yeah. And that's kind of how I see assisted living right now of like, okay, this is solving so many problems I'm having right now because I can't cash flow. This gives me a way to do it. Yep. I can buy real estate even with higher rates and it's okay. Yep. Um, the It helps people. Yep. It's like, what else do I need to do? (laughs) And if you're thinking, if you're thinking long-term, right? Yeah. If, if we're talking like who would want to buy these, right? Hedge funds are not going to want to buy one, two homes. They're going to want to buy a pack pack of a hundred, right? So you go crazy, you get a hundred, that buyout is going to be massive, massive, right? So that could be one exit. The other exit could be like, Hey, this is a place that my parents could go a place that I could go and live for free and cash flowing businesses I can pass to my kids that they could then sell or they live in for free. And it's just something for our family. What's the most amount you've seen somebody have in one city? Of homes? Yeah. One of our students has 26 homes in Colorado. All right. I'm going to beat it. Yep. There you go. Do you think I could do it in Vegas? Do we have enough capacity? I don't know the Vegas market as well as you do. Okay. But I'm sure that you have, I know you have a lot of old people and you do have a lot of money here. Yeah. So I think that you, it could be good. I don't need to mess around with these other places. I there you can, go. You I can, can lock it, it down in here. Yep. Because then you could be known as the, you know, face of assisted living here. It's, you know what? My ad is going to be me with gray hair. And I'm like, guys. <laughs> Dye the hair gray yeah. for a bit. I'm like, guys. And I'm going to add some like the wrinkle filter and stuff. <laughs> That's like, so funny. You need to join my assisted living. We, we're active over here. We have fun. It's great. That's funny. No, but I actually do love experiences too. So yeah. like, I think um, it's right up my wheelhouse. Like, you know what? I'm gonna make, I'd want, if I like my standard would be, yo, I'd want to send my grandpa here. Exactly. Like, how do I build something that I would be like, yo, yep, grandpa's going to be living. Yep. That you're proud. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's how we started. That's how everybody should start. You got to have a strong why. You got to have a passion. You got to have a reason why you want to do this, you know? Yeah. No, I love it. So I guess the last question I'll go with is, I mean, what are you seeing with regulation? Because like Mm -hmm. I knew with Airbnb over the years, I'm like, yeah, this thing's definitely going to tighten up. Like the the government doesn't know what to do with this and every city's got its own rules. What what you're telling me is really good that um, you can't fight the actual I guess, Supreme Court law of like uh, whatever you're saying. It right. Was. Federal Fair Housing Act. Yeah, yeah. Like that you don't have with Airbnb. Right. So 
Where do you see this going politically? You know, we on the um, Ariel National Association website, we have a U.S. map and every regulation that comes up about assisted living, we track it and we watch it because if something passes in Oklahoma, you're like, why does that matter to me here in Nevada? Yeah, it matters because if it passes there and they try to pass it here, they're going to say, look, we passed it yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So if there's something bad that we're like red alert, everybody sign this. We have all of our members go in and petition and sign. And that's kind of how we're trying to help this. Um, lobbying governmentally and having power at the top is that next step because the big boxes, they have more money, power, and resources than the solopreneurs like us. So so do you think it's the, bit, the commercial ones trying to get rid of you guys? 100%. Uh, when COVID happened, it was shocking, right? The big, the big box, um, conventions, we used to go to them and they'd be like, you guys are so cute. 10 beds. Oh my God. So cute. And we were like, okay. Um, and now COVID happened and they were like, how do we be more like you? How do we turn our facilities to look and feel more like you? Because 97% of COVID cases happened for seniors in large facilities, not in RALs, only 3% in RALs. Wow. So we were a lot. How many beds is your guys' percent compared to the big box? So, oh, total of all the assisted living beds, 61% are 25 beds or less. So we're actually the majority. Oh, but they treat us like we're nothing because we're <laughs> because we don't have a big sign and a big yeah. presence, and it's like well, you have no unifying thing, correct? Like they do, correct? And so they band together and try to make all sorts of crazy regulations. Like, like what? You have to have commercial kitchens. Oh, why, why do I need a commercial kitchen <laughs> in, so in a residential home? You need um, parking for fifty people. <laughs> Why would I, why would I need that? Right. And so they'll do these crazy things that they can accommodate. Yeah. But that are like, this doesn't make sense. And so that's when we're like, Hey, did any of those get passed or how'd it go? Some, some counties do have funky rules where they will have like, you have to have, um, one parking spot for every three residents. And it's like, they don't drive. Like I'm no not, one has a car. No one has a car. <laughs> They're never leaving. I'm not saying we don't need parking because we do for caregivers, yeah, yeah. for people coming by. But like, come on, like this is stupid, right? In um, one area of New York, they do have to have like a full like lot, like with the lines and the curb and everything. They have, to have and a full what? Lot like a like a parking lot. Oh, with like X amount of spaces, and they have to make it look like a like a facility, like but a it's parking a house. lot, and it's a house. And a na- you don't have to rezone a commercial though. Do you? Usually no, like 99% no, but there's some rare cases where yeah. it's it's beneficial to do that. Got but it. it. But most of the time, it's just residential, R2, R1, sometimes special, special use, special condition stuff, but it's usually residential. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So is there any thing like right like any big cases going on right this moment that people need to know about colorado is struggling right now that's one state where they have a lot of the big boxes coming together and lobbying hard to basically just put us out now i don't uh, my goal is to at least have it not diminish the people who are already there maybe yeah, get i was gonna them say what about the guy with 26 in. i know i'm hoping that they can be grandfathered in and that they'll be good and maybe it's just they're making it difficult for the people to come but I, i'm really ho- we're we're really fighting that at least it. Well, I can tell you like in big bear where I had a bunch of my Airbnbs, I've sold a couple, but um, I still have a bunch. They made a law cause they've just kept progressively fighting it. Yeah. Even though their entire economy is built on tourism and Airbnb. So it's really stupid, but 
I I got to the point I'm like I'm done fighting these guys like I'm not buying anymore yeah like whatever and I'll sell a couple just to de-risk in case anything did happen but basically their rule was hey you can only own one mm. and anybody else who has some you're grandfathered in mm. so like nothing happened like I've been fine okay but I'm just like yeah what if they did say hey you can only have one right now, like I I just have to sell them all and it'd be a freaking headache and. Or change the names of ownership. Yeah, that too. You can totally do that. Um, but yeah. But so the, it just makes it difficult. It's just a headache. And I think, so we had a student who was in Rhode Island and no homes existed in Rhode Island. No, uh, assisted, <laughs> Nobody had one. No assisted living homes existed. So they went home from our training and they were like, we're going to um, be the first. They don't exist. What do we do? And we're like, we're like, let's get on the phone with you. We literally called the state of Rhode Island with them and was like, hey, you guys don't even have rules on what this is supposed to be. <laughs> but we know all the rules for all the other states. Can we help you create the rules? And we literally worked with the state of Rhode Island and this couple and they created the first home there. Whoa. The state is begging them to open more. So I wish more states were understanding of that, that like, hey, if you're going to deny us, then what's your solution for yeah. the coming crisis? Like, how do you plan to house what, them? What are like the most friendly states? Uh, Arizona, Florida, Texas. All the old people states. Maryland, <laughs> Wisconsin. Um, I don't hear Nevada. Nevada's Nevada's not bad. Utah's okay. good. Uh, yeah, Utah's uh, got a lot of old people. Yeah, a lot of states are good. Like, really, I always joke, and I'm like, raise your hand if you're getting older. Know someone who is. <laughs> like, we're all aging, right? Yeah. We're all going to need this at some point. And just because you're old doesn't mean you move to Florida. Yeah, I need my... You know what? I'm starting to take some anti-aging stuff, so... yeah. You know, when people don't raise their hand, that's what I always say. I'm like, what's your secret? Like, tell us, tell, <laughs> tell us, share, share. Botox. <laughs> right. Uh, like, give me the list. <laughs> somebody asked me that the other day. They were like, so what kind of work have you had done? And I was like, what do you mean? Oh, wow. That's a compliment. I know. And I was like, do you mean like plastic <laughs> oh, surgery or something? And they're like, yeah. I was like, nothing. You're like, I'm Asian. <laughs> yeah, I'm Asian. That's right. I'm Filipino. We don't age. We don't age. I, I had a beard. I have a beard now to age. Mm -hmm. But before I, people thought I was still in my twenties. Yeah. There you go. Ageless. Uh, ageless. <laughs> um, no, I love that. I think everything I'm hearing, I'm going to do one. I love it. I'm going to document it Yay. at least one. But yeah. I mean, the thing is when I do one, you got to do. Yeah. I just, one means one company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to yeah. take over get take over pack. Las Vegas. Get a three pack. At least three. Yeah. Okay. I forgot. This was my last question. So with I mean, I know you're recommending ten beds. Yeah. Right? Is that just a recommendation? No, every state has a has a maximum, right? It usually is between six and sixteen. Got so it. like Texas, uh, Texas, Illinois, New Jersey, Indiana, those are all 16 just off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, Arizona's 10. So because 10 is kind of easy math, it's between six and 16. I use 10 a lot for, for example, but California for a long time was six. They've just increased if you add fire suppression and have the square footage. So I love that, but I'm do they also, do like an inspection? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Fire marshal comes over and they'll do a s inspection. Do to you make need sure special permits for like the renovations and stuff, or is there? It depends on what you're whatever. doing. If you're changing like the septic or the sewer, if you're yeah. adding fire suppression, you know, they want to see that. It okay. just depends. Yeah. So. But when you say six to 16, is your recommendation to go for the highest yep. every time? Whatever the max is in your area, do that. Even 
you know, if you don't like, so you just have a bunch of shared rooms if like the house wasn't big enough. Yeah. Or figure it out, add an addition, make a bigger house, get a bigger yeah. house. But because- I'm just thinking like, okay, let's say it's 16 and we have 10 bedrooms. You yeah. Know, it's like, all right, let's do a couple seven shared, private. Yeah. And that could know. work. That yeah. could work all day long. Like I'm not, I'm not mad at that because most of our students who have 16 bedroom homes, they were pretty much fully gutted or a massive addition or ground up builds. If you live in the Midwest, ground up is still super common these days. Like people, there's yeah. land available, right? So we have a lot of students who do that. Mm. So it just depends, but whatever the maximum is, I go for it because for you as the owner, it's the exact same to have six or 16 residents and yet you're making way more money. The expenses, it's very minimal. You might add one more caregiver. Right. And that's nothing. Right. Your mortgage, all that stuff's the same. Exactly. So, so you're just, you're just, you know, hurting yourself. Yeah. And you're offering more affordable rooms by doing shared to other people. You can, people. yep. Having some options is always good. At least hey, what about one bathrooms? to two. People want privacy, right? And so they will, you have to think these are average rates. So in a home where the average rate is five grand, you might have some people paying seven, some people paying three, right? It's average, right? So if you have your own private bedroom, private bathroom, you're paying more than someone who has a private bedroom, but a shared bathroom. Right. Or shared, shared. Most people are going to have shared be- bathrooms. Most will because bathrooms are, you That's know. the way they're built. Yep. And they're pricier to put in than a room. A room is easy. But like, I guess with a 10 bedroom home, how many bathrooms would you expect to have? I would, I would aim for like seven, seven or more. Because the more you have, the better. Yeah. So it's a mix of shared, a mix of private. Yep. Yep. All right. My mind is spinning. Okay. Well, guys, um, we're going to link to Isabel's um, coaching program down below. So click it if you are interested. Um, I'm going to be learning from her and picking her brain. And uh, if you want me to document my journey of buying one, let me know in the comments. (laughs) And also, too, if you're in Vegas and you're already doing this, I actually want to pick your brain on what your experience has been. So um, shoot me an email, ryan at pineda.co. And I would love to hear your experience. But Isabel, I appreciate you coming on. This has been super insightful. I learned a lot today. Good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Guys, I appreciate you for watching. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe and I'll catch you on the next one. Peace. You were the first and I think still the only person to ever do seven figures in their entire first year. What made you want to get into real estate? I read the stat that 90% of millionaires are made in real estate. <laughs> I've got none other than Clint Cooper making a million bucks in his first year to doing almost $800,000 last month alone. In-